Morning, Brian. Good morning. Welcome. Happy post Super Bowl to you. <laughs> you as well. The big game. What'd you think? I had a hard time caring about either one of those teams last night, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. It, the game wasn't very good until the end, but always a fun time. I went for the ads. I stayed for the ads. I took my breaks during the game. <laughs> True story. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people uh, were in that bucket. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our this is our special post Super Bowl ad review special. So let's get going. Yeah, let's do it. I, I was just fascinated by the amount of money these brands are spending uh, just to even get in the game. Yeah, the amount of money spending to get in the game, and also just the sheer revenue that's generated around the game is astounding to me. Last year, it was $600 million in ad sales went to Fox. This year, CBS likely to get that as well. And that doesn't include all the other stuff that goes around, just the ad sales. There's so much more than that. Yeah, it's a juggernaut, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. I saw a stat that Super Bowl spending nationwide for food, drinks, and decorations yeah. was $16.5 billion last year. Oh my it's God. amazing. We'll wait for the first trillion dollar Super Bowl impact. It's coming soon. Yeah, and there's gambling around it, the, what what gets spent locally on hospitality for the host city. Ticket sales, I mean, just drop in the bucket, but last year that was $66 million went to the NFL just on ticket sales for the game. And that's probably the smallest piece of money around this whole thing. I know the amount of money and being in Vegas, just like, you know, with everything being supersized, it just oh. keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And what do you think about the uh, the amount of money spent on the halftime show? Ooh, well, I don't know what it costs to produce. I haven't seen that figure. I was curious to see how much Apple pays to do it. Uh, $50 million a year for five years just to host that thing, which, wow. I, I mean, how many, how many music subscriptions do you have to have to make that worthwhile? You know, even the non-football fans, they they rush to the TV during that that part. So uh, yes. are they getting their money's worth? Probably. If you get that many eyeballs at one time, it's probably worth it. But it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And you're right. People do come back. I, I just, But if they didn't come back beforehand, they didn't see the big Apple branding coming in. They probably saw it coming out. But I think, did Usher really reinforce the Apple music brand in his performance in any way? I, di I didn't notice. Maybe he did. There's probably some better integration of that that Apple could do. Mm -hmm. you know and maybe they do some things with like playlists or syncing some things up but you know if you're gonna what, it's about 12 minutes long or something that's a, that's about 24 commercials or <laughs> <laughs> good point uh, good point so it's a bargain then you're saying 24 yeah. <laughs> 24 times the seven million dollars per spot this year yeah they saved money half yeah. price basically half price for the halftime show nice well john i got a stat for you hit me uh, so on the on the on the regular ad, the thirty second ad, yeah, obviously there's a lot been reported on you know seven million dollars for a thirty second spot. That's two hundred and thirty three thousand dollars a second. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get it right. <laughs> for for non football fans who tune in and ask the question, wow, what 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 societal problems could be solved for all this money? <laughs> Don't think about two hundred thirty three thousand dollars per second. Um, okay, so as expensive as it was to to run a spot uh, this year at $7 million per 30 seconds, 30 seconds back in 1966 for Super Bowl one cost advertisers about $42,500. So bargain. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, in today's money, That's it's only $372,000. Wow, what a steal. Yeah. So John, what was the first Super Bowl uh, to go over a million dollars a spot? 
Ooh, uh, boy, I kind of think I remember when it happened, but I don't know when that was. 90? 1990. 95. Ooh, okay. It took a while. Yeah. Hey, I got, I got a, a quiz for you back to yeah. Super Bowl one. Okay. Think you can name, I'll make it attainable here, two advertisers. Oh my gosh. Two advertisers who showed up in Super Bowl one. When you got your guess? General Electric? Good guess. No. Ford? Yes. Really? Yep. Interesting. And uh, I'm going to throw one more out there. What about, uh, can we say Coke? Is there like a, a beverage mm. brand that? What, yeah, what there is a beverage brand. Uh, I don't think Coke. Um, Budweiser. So anyway, this is this is not super comprehensive because there's apparently one remaining copy of the broadcast of Super Bowl One in an individual possession. NFL doesn't own it, but you know, academics have reported that Ford, Chrysler, RCA, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco, remember that, McDonald's, Budweiser, and Goodyear were all in Super Bowl One. I don't know if the ones you guessed weren't. But those were definitively, they are sourced as, yes, they were in it. Most of them were sexist as hell. I watched the Goodyear yeah. spot. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a Joe DiMaggio coffee spot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So anyway, you, you you were about to tell me more about the, the, the inflation costs, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that I'm interested in seeing is when will be the first $10 million spot at Super Bowl? And, you know, if we're going off of this trajectory, you know, in 95, we went over a million dollars, you know, $3 million in 2010, mm-hmm. $5 million uh, in 2021. I think by 2030, we're probably going to see a $10 million spot Super Bowl. So. I think you're right, especially since it continues to be the only home for live TV viewership. They're the biggest draw for that these days. I looked at the year-by-year pricing, uh, which is why I kind of knew roughly when it went to a million. It was flat this year, but did you know that there are only there have only been four years where the price went down? Really? Yeah. And when I say down, I mean like, you know, from 5.6 million to 5.5 million. So like yeah. you know, 1% decrease, 2% decrease. Yeah. 1984, 1996, 2007, 2021, all those years, the, the wow. price for 30 went down. Interesting. Yeah. Handful of years were flat, including this year, but um, generally it goes up, 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 up. That's only, that's only part of the story though. I mean, uh-huh. so much more that goes behind an ad than just buying than buying the ad. Yes. Which I think people would be shocked to know how much it costs to produce some of these things. Yeah. So, so let's talk Talk about some of those uh, some of those things that go into actually you know putting the ad together. Yeah, I did some digging. It's hard to find production costs, actual average production costs for a thirty second commercial nationally, but you can assume it's got to be pushing up on a million dollars average, and that's not necessarily just a Super Bowl commercial. That's just you know, average national TV commercial, probably pushing a million dollars by the time you pay for shooting, editing, talent, all that stuff, but. Super Bowl special, right? Because you've got all these celebrities showing up. Yeah, you got to make a, you got to put a stamp on it. And and I think you were keeping track during the game of just how many celebrities were popping up. I, I think I knew probably, I don't know, half of them. I didn't even recognize. You know, there's there's the celebrities that you know right immediately. There's the celebrities that kind of are like retro celebrities. Then there's these adjacent celebrities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it, there's a fascinating melting pot of yeah. celebrities in these ads. And, uh, I, you know, part of it probably is like, you know, who can I get my hands on? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, but there's, those celebrities make some, some nice money on those commercials. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. So last year, Ben Affleck got paid almost $10 million to do the Dunkin' Donuts ad, 
Now that that's a little skewed because that included him and his production company actually was behind creating the spot. So really? yeah. Yeah. So he and he and Matt Damon have a production company together. And so that $10 million fee kind of covered some of that too. So it's a little blurry, but bigger stars generally are getting one to $3 million I read, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. And the celebrities have a lot of fun with, with getting in these ads, which is great, but that's not such a bad paycheck either. No. And then there's the music, which again, it's kind of hard to know exactly how much that costs, but Back in a, back in 2019 for the Super Bowl, uh, basically you're looking at $100,000 to license a lesser known song with kind of limited usage rights up to three quarters of a million, $750,000 for what you would consider to be more of an iconic song with a longer usage term. So you add that in, you add in the celebrity talent, you add the production and then agency fees. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, unless you're running an in-house shop, which still has costs associated, you've got Agency fees that probably run you, God, at least half a million dollars by the time you you spend all the time to to produce a spot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the um, the menu of all these fees and and how you can kind of bundle some of them, like that, like you said with Aflac and the production mm-hmm. company, um, or you know some of the agencies you're already paying uh, a retainer for, but sometimes you need to bring in more power and more time. Yeah, uh, there is a trend of people doing these spots in-house yeah um without an agency um sometimes that shows sometimes it doesn't but that's a different approach but you know i think at the end of the day if you're spending seven million dollars for the ad itself and you're, you're doing something that defines yourself you also want to make sure that you're not just you know zeroing in too much on yourself you know you kind of really lose subjectivity and and objectivity to it. So, um, so, so there's a lot to, that definitely goes into it. A huge amount that goes into it. And you consider the fact that, you know, all those extra fees to create the spot on top of running the spot, you know, you're probably looking at 7 million times two, right? Just do the 30. And don't forget a lot of those spots are 60s. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the the trend of people releasing their spots before the Super Bowl? Oh, I love it. I, I, I like seeing them ahead of time. Um, I hate it. I hate it. Oh, do you? Yeah. I want to be surprised. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. If you're going to spend all that money and then it's going to leak, I mean, it would be like releasing an album before you're, you know, it, it, there's build up to the day you release mm-hmm. it. And okay. when you get everybody in front of the TV and you get people surprised, but, mm-hmm. you know, when I've seen it five days before, by the time I see it during the Super Bowl, like I, I could care less. All right, Cranky Pants. What about the idea of a teaser, you know, where they do something that kind of like sets it up, but doesn't actually re- reveal the spot? How about yeah, that? That's good. You're, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, there's a lot that goes into the atmosphere you're watching it in, too. You know, like, are you watching it, you know, in small sets, watching it in bigger settings? You know, where the, the spot actually comes in during the game. To me, yeah. I love the spots that are, like, right at the beginning of the game. And then there's mm-hmm. a couple near the end. If it's a close game where those really pay off, it's really, it's you could really, get, you know, if it's a blowout, you know, nobody's watching in the third or fourth quarter. But last night, you know, I feel like more people started tuning in and some of the later ones had some more effectiveness. I will say, you know, in terms of the whole releasing spots in advance, you know, maybe that's just me because I like nerding out on them. Because um, I'm the guy who created a bingo game for uh, the 2017 Super Bowl where I had a party and everyone got a bingo card with clues about spots. And, you know, as they revealed themselves, you filled in your squares. I made it a game of it. So I had people pretty tuned into the spots that, that year. Yeah. John, John, you're not, you're not like everybody else. Yeah. That's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> 
All right. Well, hey, listen, you and I agreed to do some evaluating of the spots this year. You want to get into yeah. that? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. All right. What's first? What What do you think was the best spot? What was most entertaining, the funniest? Most entertaining, funniest. Um, I, I'm struggling to answer that one. I, the Dunkings one with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon was pretty funny, but I had some execution issues with that one. I'm going to go with the BMW talking like walking. And and maybe this is where you're don't watch too much of it in, in advance. I think on the second reviewing, I really, I found it fun and funny. I don't think it delivered on the electric car message at all, nor am I sure the BMW needs to convey the message that it's the real deal, but it was a blast watching people imitate Christopher Walken in front of Christopher Walken. Yeah. I didn't like that one. I, no. I, I love the Christopher Walken voice. I just thought it didn't connect to BMW at all. And this is kind of gimmicky. Yeah. All right, so what was your yeah. most entertaining, funniest? I love the Duncan one, too. I was watching it again this morning, and every time I watched it, I feel like the execution was... It got better every time I watched it. But my fun, my favorite one was the uh, Michael Sarah Sarah V commercial. Oh. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, it was just <laughs> hilarious. It was just funny. It was and, funny. You know, and, and if, you, if you don't remember, it was uh, the actor Michael Sarah saying that the, the product Sarah V, a, uh, a moisturizer or moisturizing cream product was his idea and uh he was behind it and i, I just thought that was that's uh, pretty good yeah he played it so well and uh just like the the way that he kind of made fun of himself in it like i just thought that was hilarious what do you think was the most effective ad in your mind in terms of kind of you know establishing kind of a brand brand perception or maybe moving some product what'd you think I thought the most effective one was the the Volkswagen ad. Uh, mm -hmm. That really hit home to me. Uh, you know, that brand's had some trouble with some scandals and they hadn't done a Super Bowl ad in 12 years. Oh, um, really? 12 years? No kidding. Yeah. And they, they had a, you know, Neil Diamond track on there, which was which was kind of interesting. But the it just, that to me is like a, a product that they really resonated with people. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. The uh, we When I was a kid, we used to have Volkswagen bugs. So yeah. But I just thought it was very well done and nostalgic. Now, are people going to go out and run out and buy a Volkswagen? I don't know, but they I feel like they brought themselves a little bit back to prominence with that. What about, what about you? For most effective, I think that I, sometimes I'm a sucker for good old-fashioned product demo. I thought that Google Pixel um, oh. with the blind guy who was able to take pictures of himself yeah. And then his wife or significant other, and then their baby. I thought that was really effective in terms of, you know, pull the heartstrings, uh, really humanized a piece of technology. And it just was really good product demo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. What about uh, most gratuitous use of celebrity? Okay. Most gratuitous use. A little bit of a toss up for me, but I'm going to go with T-Mobile Magenta Status, which was just a parade of celebrities and semi-celebrities for no real purpose that I could discern. Yeah, I hated that one too. Hated uh, it. Yeah, it was just dumb. And like some of the celebrities, I just like, why do they like common? Like who who wants to see common? Like I, I just what a waste I, of paying Bradley Cooper. What are you doing? Ugh, that's nonsense. Yeah, I mean they could have done something so much better if they have him and his mom. I yeah. just feel like just whatever. But my I'm gonna go with Tom Brady. I'm you know, I thought he was pretty good in both ads, but it, it's getting a little ridiculous. You know, oh. and I'm surprised one of those brands, Duncan or uh Bet MGM, couldn't sign him up to some exclusivity. Hmm. I, I feel like you lose some of your mustard if you water it down with good point. You show yes. up in multiple commercials. Yeah. And, you know, and Usher showed up in multiple commercials, which 
it was like enough usher but at least yeah. he's part of the game um yeah i just I, I don't know how you don't lock up exclusivity if you're spending that much money well because you have to spend that much more money to lock up exclusivity what's money at that point john yeah at that point exactly uh, <laughs> throw another two million dollars at tom what the hell I thought it was a very effective use of celebrity in the bet MGM because I just think he good direct tie to the idea of winning. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows who Tom is and everyone was tired of watching him win unless you're a Patriots fan, in which case screw you. I mean, the, the Duncan commercial was extremely gratuitous with celebrities and, uh, yes. but I, I just, I'm telling you every time I watch it, I think it's funnier. And, Matt Damon playing off of his uh, Google hunting line of how about them apples? He's saying that, how- was, that was great. That was a great line. And he was just shaking his head. I, yeah. That was that was a good yeah. commercial. And you, did you know Duncan is actually selling the uh, those jackets today? Of course they are. Genius. Yeah. That's great. All right. What was your biggest disappointment slash worst ad? Which one? Well, there's a lot of bad ads. I thought from like Timu to Bass Pro. Oh. Uh, the sketchers, like I, I'm, I don't need to see Mr. T anymore. Nobody even knows who that guy is anymore. That, that that could have been a commercial they did 25 years ago. Um, but I'm gonna go with Microsoft Copilot. I, I feel like they had the ability to do something like a the Google Pixel commercial that you talked about, where you're taking a concept like AI and showing all the great things that could have been done, and they just like buried it. And the first half of the commercial was a buildup, and I just feel like it didn't pay off. And not that I would expect Microsoft to be able to pull pull, pull off an ad like that, um, but it just to me, I was just disappointed because that's the biggest thing people should be talking about: uh, is their AI capabilities. And I feel like they just didn't present it the right way. Interesting. I think for me, the biggest disappointment was the FanDuel kick of destiny, the reaction spot. So, you know, Gronkowski missed the kick before the game. That was a bad spot too. But given their advertising budget, like across the year and the experience they had last year was getting flamed for the way they executed the kick last year, I would have thought they'd step up to a different level, especially given that it was Wyden and Kennedy was the ad agency, which is just an iconic shop doing amazing work for years and years and years for Nike and other brands. I just, I feel like lesson not learned and just not a great production, not a good idea. It it just, there was nothing to it there other than maybe a nice little tip of the cap to Carl Weathers who passed away last week. I thought that was a big letdown that spot. Yeah. You know, the, maybe the third time will be the charm next year. (laughs) They certainly haven't gotten it right. Yeah. Uh, What a wrinkle though, with Carl Weathers dying after they filmed the like you said, they handled it well, but it's just not that concept is just not working for them. They can't get it right. This was a hard one for me. This category, I had the longest, longest list of nominees for this one. That Kennedy candidacy spot was terrific weird, weird. weird as hell. Yeah. I thought the homes.com, you know, the money they spent to have all those spots, and they just, I thought they were just noisy and frenetic and bad. Yeah. And how do you have Martin Scorsese in a spot for Squarespace and then not have the spot communicate the message of the value proposition? Just bizarre. That was, that was a terrible, that was a terrible ad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great lead yeah. up. Great teaser. Terrible ad. I thought I was going to hate the the Pluto TV couch potato ad, uh, but yeah. throwing on me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a market for free television with all the paid tiers out there. I'm surprised that they can afford a Super Bowl spot, but uh, interesting concept, the couch potato, but it, it, it's winning me over. Okay. All right. So what about uh, best call to action? So when we say best call to action, Oof. what's the ad that makes you want to 
go look up the brand, take an action next. You know, what a what do you think is the best example of that in an ad? And famously, last year there was the QR uh, yeah. commercial, the bouncing from, QR code. Yeah, yeah. Entertainment is kind of the priority. Brand attribution is a real issue with so many Super Bowl spots, right? I loved it. It was funny. It was great. It was entertaining. It was impactful. And then like, what was it for? I don't know. I don't know. It's a really common consumer reaction. Yeah, but I got one for this year. Um, All right. What do you got? DoorDash. So if you're not, if you don't remember the DoorDash one, they had a, a code to go to a website, uh, yeah. uh, a promo code to, they have a collection of things where they're running a, uh, they're running this campaign. Uh, get you where you get, you win everything that was advertised in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept. I thought that they kind of screwed it up by making it really difficult to enter the the contest because the, the code was so long on purpose. Interesting concept to kind of bundle as many uh, ad brands as possible and, and try to yeah. stakes them off. Uh, that made me go to the site. But as soon as I got there, I, I, I was trying to watch the game. I, I couldn't sit there and put in a code I couldn't remember. I feel like Uber Eats missed a really big opportunity with this, right? Because this was out there before the game, that they were going to be giving away everything that was advertised in the game. If I was Uber Eats, I would have created a commercial for DoorDash saying, <laughs> we're giving away 100% ownership in DoorDash. And then you know, DoorDash would have- With the commercials coming out so early, why aren't <laughs> other brands trying to hop on the, the opportunity? If you have a couple of days, you know- why don't do why don't you do something like that? Well, by the time by the time we get to the $10 million per spot threshold, maybe maybe we'll figure <laughs> that out. Exactly. All right. So I owe you best call to action. Yeah. You're not gonna like my answer. Well, first of all, I recall very few that had an actual call to action. True. Um, and I know you didn't love the Microsoft commercial. Yeah. However, and this is not because the commercial did a good job of it, but the reveal of the copilot app was like an app to let you have a single input for all the different AI tools, both text and image generation. Yeah. Feels like a little bit of a game changer to me. I downloaded the app. Oh, look at you. Right. And I took no other actions from any Super Bowl ad. So I don't know. I guess I have to say that. Put my money where my mouth is. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. The guy that creates the Super Bowl bingo game at his party. Hey, shut up. But- all right what about uh rookie of the year which brand that has never advertised for a super bowl left the biggest mark for you uh i thought etsy did a really nice job i love their concept i think the statue of liberty sailing across the bay like yeah what are we gonna what are we gonna send france (laughs) really funny (laughs) that was was love the concept I, i i think placing a super bowl ad seems really incongruous with the product offering that Etsy has of like kind of local handmade craft stuff. That's kind of like their brand essence seems again, incongruous, but I thought that the actual uh, spot was really effective. Yeah. And funny. I'm going to go with Poppy. uh, Mm, Good one. Yeah. I I really like that commercial. I I think that talking about the evolution of soda and this not being, you know, your kids or grandkids soda uh, is a really effective message. At a time when Coke and Pepsi proper are not advertising for the games, I just felt like the message of Poppy, it's a cleaner soda. It's different. This is the last time you're going to yeah. about, you know, sugar water, basically. It was really interesting. And I'm not really that familiar with the brand and it just kind of left a mark for me. So yeah, you're right. That was good. That was very effective. I thought. Yeah. All right. Last one. Best music. Oh, best music. Um, I don't know about best music. I'll say best use of music for me was Dove using Hard Knock Life. Uh, oh, that was a great ad. Yeah, it was a really good ad. 
may, maybe the best one if I think about it, but most impactful to me. But uh, I, the, the song itself was just, it was kind of arresting, felt a little bit out of sync with the rest of the music that was happening all around the game. Really nicely tied to the concept, the whole idea of vulnerability plus strength. Everyone knows that song. You can hear the lyrics. That really effective. Yeah. I I thought that uh Beyonce in the Verizon ad was a was, was mm. a, especially with uh Tony Hale. Um perfect duo there. And and she was nodding to new music that she was releasing, which she ended up doing last night. But um I'm gonna go with one that I'll be severely judged for, which I just thought it was funny was the uh Creed in the Paramount Plus commercial where um <laughs> yeah yeah i was like why is that there and this was the one that was released like a week ago i feel like just it was released so long ago um that i've seen it a million times now and you know paramount's been doing these commercials during the super bowl where they have all their characters from all the different types of content they have and so the creed pop in was just even put that that whole concept over the top it was over the top yes <laughs> ridiculous so i thought it was perfect all right all right well those are all of our categories right yeah yeah but overall i think it was a it was interesting game uh for the commercials i i feel like some of them made some big plays and some of them were washouts but you know we didn't talk about the state farm with Arnold schwarzenegger and uh the yeah. choppa um, but i i think uh left people talking so yeah well they, so. that's that's one thing the super bowl always does is gets people talking before and after about advertising and that's not something that happens really any other time of the year i don't think yeah, not like that. Not yeah. when, not on a day where you you finally have everybody watching at the same time. So yeah, well, I think this is a, a good opportunity for us to tease our next guest, a fantastic guest who was right on the edge of hopelessly unattainable in my mind. Someone who is responsible for more commercials in this year's Super Bowl than any other agency. Ooh, yeah. ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so come on back next time. All right. All right. Let's shut down. All right. See you, Brian. See you. Happy viewing. Later.